0: We'll welcome to a new edition of the neon jazz interview series with chicago-based baritone jazz saxophonist jimmy farache the chicago-based trio profundo will release their debut recording on march 31st 2023 it's called mosaic featuring jimmy on baritone stephen parisi jr on bass paul Barillas on the drums jimmy works as a freelance jazz musician at chicago and has established himself as one of the up-and-coming baritone saxophonists in addition to receiving a full tuition scholarship to the prestigious Indiana University Jacobs School of Music, Jimmy is working towards his Master's of Music at DePaul University. We get into his life in music and so much more. Enjoy.
1: I appreciate you taking a minute out to talk about the new Trio album and your life in music. Yeah, absolutely. I've been really looking forward to this. Me too, man. So let's before we get into the new album, let's talk about surviving COVID, the last three years, you know, now that we're looking at March coming on the calendar, I'm sure we all have PTSD from 2020. How did you survive that time period and how has it changed the way that you live and conduct business now that we're kind of coming out, the world's waking up?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was tough for all of us, obviously. And, uh, you know, I know me and the other guys in the trio, we all scraped by, we picked up odd jobs and we started, you know, teaching a bunch. Which was really awesome. But one of the big things it taught me at least is how much I value uh camaraderie. (laughs) You know, especially in how lonely it was at the early stages of the pandemic. And that's part of why this particular trio project is so special to me. You know, it's a collaborative band, we're all co leading, we're all, you know, composers, we're all arrangers for this. And more importantly than that, we're all really close friends. So especially after the loneliness of the pandemic, getting to take part in a project where I get to spend so much time with my good friends, doing something incredible, you know, making what I think is really beautiful music is really special. And I think I value that more and look at it in a different light post-pandemic.
1: So talk to me about this new album. I mean, it has to feel good now with the world waking up or in a different place to release music. How does this new trio album feel and how did you put this together?
2: Yeah, so the three of us uh, made this band I guess about two years ago now We um, we were all really close friends We just decided we wanted to start um, a group together As the world was opening up For the last couple of years We've been playing together a bunch And last year, uh, about a year ago exactly During the spring We went on our first tour We kind of started up in Buffalo And worked our way back to Chicago And at the end of it We took uh, eight of our favorite originals that, that's in our, that are in our book, and one arrangement of Thelonious Monk composition, and we went into the studio to record it. And I thought that it was really fun to do it that way. It was almost like a callback to the way things used to be done, like touring the material, getting really comfortable with it, and then getting in the studio to record it and document you know, that progress. So
1: talk to me about how this journey, not only in music, more specifically into jazz, How did it start for you and who were some early influences?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in, I I was really lucky to grow up in a great community in the Chicago suburbs of St. Charles where there was a lot of other jazz musicians. I think about 12 people in my high school class all went into jazz and are still professional jazz musicians. So, you know, I had a really tight-knit group of friends and we would jam together, we would learn tunes at a pretty young age. So, you know, that social community aspect was was a huge influence on me. Um, And then, More than that, even, was my grandpa was a huge influence on me. He was a big jazz fan, and he showed me a bunch of Jerry Mulligan records when I was first getting into jazz, and I immediately fell in love with the sound of the baritone saxophone, which is why that's still my main instrument to this day, Um, and it's featured all the way through this whole record.
1: So what was the first live jazz show you ever saw, The Bluey Away?
2: Uh, the first live jazz show I saw that blew me away was a bunch of Chicago cats. It was Bobby Broom and Perez Witted at the jazz showcase. I went with my parents when I was in high school because, you know, I was in the jazz band and they were nice enough to take me into the city to, you know, get some cultural experiences. And I remember seeing them play and just being blown away. And I talked to them afterwards and uh, Perez Witted was incredibly nice to me and incredibly encouraging. And, uh, you know, getting to see them play and some other Chicago legends like Mark Colby, who I eventually got the chance to study with, you know, seeing their life um, as artists was inspiring to me. And I realized from a young age, that's exactly how I wanted to live.
1: So, you know, with this album, you know, coming out on the 31st, what are you hoping listeners get from this experience?
2: Yes, yeah, so I'm hoping they get a couple of different things. I mean, this is an interesting album because of the instrumentation, I think at least. Because it's cordless trio with baritone saxophone, which is something that you don't hear every day. And I think that the music that we wrote and recorded kind of challenges some people's preconceived notions about a couple of our instruments. You know, the baritone saxophone is often thought of as just uh, the instrument in the high school big band, they stick the worst saxophone player on, or they think about it as like aggressive, like honky, chainsaw, berry, and that's not at all how uh, we wrote for it on the record. In fact, in the record, it's played, I think, really warm and beautiful and focusing on melodies. And then in that same vein, we're challenging some of the conceptions of bass playing. Our bass player, Stephen Parisi, is amazing. He can play things on the bass that I haven't heard anyone else play. Um, and, you know, because of that, because we both approach our instruments differently than, you know, the norm, I think it leads a lot of cool possibilities for counterpoint, and voice leading and uh, playing together in a way that I hope when people listen to it, they will uh, open up their mindset towards, you know, the normative discourses of what instruments should play like.
1: Every city has their music culture. You know, Kansas City Mm -hmm. has its feel, L.A., New York, all these places. What is it that you like the best about the Chicago jazz scene?
2: So the thing I like best is that it's a huge original music scene. I have friends that have moved all over the country, and they're all having great careers, but I don't know a lot of them that have the support system that's in place in Chicago for young musicians to have uh, gigs to play and showcase their original music. All of my friends here are writing original music. All of our idols are playing in original music bands, and I think that's an important part of the tradition. Like You look back, and all of these jazz heroes were composing their own originals which are now jazz standards, most of them. But that's the thing that I think is really special about Chicago. And it's not just the musicians, but the whole scene. There's audiences here for new music. There's venues. There's bookers that, that are excited about hearing what, especially young musicians like us, have to, have to say.
1: All, of all the aspects that go into being in a, in a group and being a musician, I mean, you've got recording, you've got touring, you've got the business end, you've got all these things that go into it. What do you like the best about this process?
2: My favorite is actually the rehearsal process, which is funny because that's the thing that happens that's behind closed doors. But that really is. And what's really great about being in a collaborative trio like this is we can bring in material and we can all workshop it together. You know, all of the two or the eight originals that are on our record are all attributed to single composers. But, you know, if we really went through, we could pick out little things like, oh, this bass was by Steve, this groove Paul came up with, this form idea, you know, I came up with, different things like that. So that's really fun for me, bringing it in and hanging out with my friends and making music. And then I, I would say probably a close second is getting to perform it you know, getting, getting in the zone and getting to share art and hopefully reaching people. Um, those, those are the things that I love the most about it.
1: So if you could, we get off the phone and time machine pulls up in front of your house and you can go anywhere in time and see a musician or a band, where are you going? Who are you going to see? Oh, that's a really
2: good question. Well, two things pop in my mind. One, I would love to go see the, uh, Duke Ellington concert live in Newport where Paul Gonzalez took the famous solo on, uh, uh, Crescendo and Dimundo in Blue, I think that band is incredibly inspiring to me, especially at, from a compositional standpoint. Duke Ellington's forward-thinking mindset and, and writing style, and then just how hard that band uh, swung and played together. And then the other thing I would love to see, because it's incredibly inspiring to me, and also I think to this record, would to be able to go back and hear the Jerry Mulligan Pianolist Quartet Going with uh, Chet Baker and Bill Crow and Chico Hamilton. Let
1: me ask you this. Everyone out there has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your fans, but ultimately, you live
2: your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Mm, That's a good question. Well, I mean, first and foremost, I'm an artist, and as cheesy as that sounds, that's just kind of been a driving principle for me. That's why I think it's so important to be true to your voice which is why I play the baritone saxophone that's the sound that I hear in my head why I think it's so important for us to create these artistic projects and put them out into the world and uh yeah so I'm, I'm gonna go with that I'm an artist
1: right on so let's get into the good business here if anyone wants to pick up mosaic or learn more about live shows anything revolving around the band or you where's the best place to go
2: yeah, absolutely. So the very best place to go would be our Facebook page, uh, and the band name is Trio Profondo, which uh, I realized probably should have talked about that earlier too. when I was talking about the group. Uh, profondo means deep in Italian, so it's playing off that theme of depths. That's you know apparent in the instrumentation and the counterpoint, and just the general range that the group plays in with you know baritone and bass voices. Um, so our Facebook page is Trio Profondo, and on there you can find all the information for buying the record or streaming it. It'll be out on all platforms March 31st. On top of that we're doing a pre-release tour March 18th through the 24th. Once again we're starting in uh, upstate New York. We're working our way down to uh, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Bloomington and uh, Chicago.
1: Wonderful, Jimmy. Hey, thank you for taking time out. Thank you for talking about the album and your life and music. Man, I really appreciate Yeah, absolutely. It was my pleasure, Joe.
0: Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Chicago, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Jimmy for his time and cool. If you want to hear more interviews, Neon Jazz interviews can be found on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends.
1: on jazz.